Let us continue in the worship of our God as we turn in the scripture reading in the New Testament to Romans chapter 10, which you'll find in your pew Bibles is on page 946. Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse 9. And it's speaking, dealing with that salvation. It says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. With the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes on Him will not be put to shame. There is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing riches on all who call upon Him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So ends the reading of God's inspired word. Let us take our Bibles and let us turn to Joshua chapter 2, the second chapter in Joshua, which you'll find on page 178. Let us hear the reading of God's Word. Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went, and they came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hid them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out, and I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up, to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to Jordan as far as the forges, and the gate was soon was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof, and she said to the men, I know the Lord has given you the land, and the fear of all of you has fallen upon us. And all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. 
For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Shion and to Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. And now, then, please swear to me by the Lord, as I have dealt kindly with you, that you also deal kindly with me in my father's house. And give me a sure sign that you will save my father and my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our lives for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then the Lord gives us the land we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, Go into the hills, where the pursuers will encounter you, and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned, and then afterwards you may go your way. And the men said to her, We will be guiltless in respect to this oath of yours that you made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through whom you let us down. And you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers and all your father's household and if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street his blood shall be upon his own head and we shall be guiltless but if the hand is laid on anyone who is within your house then his blood shall be on our head but if you tell this business of ours then we will be guiltless in respect to your oath that you have made us swear and she said according to your words so be it And then she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. And they departed and went into the hills and remained there three days until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers searched all the way and found nothing. And then the men returned, and they came down from the hills, and they passed over. And they came to Joshua the son of Nun, and they told him all that had happened to them. And and they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has given us, given all the land into our hands and also all the inhabitants of the land will melt away because of us. So ends the reading of God's inspired word. You know the last time that we were together with you we talked about Rahab's work of belief was tainted with sin because she lied. We left the spies, they were hiding among the flax, and after they were hiding among the flax and stuff, she came up to them to talk to them. And she expressed her faith in the God of Israel. And yet we find that she has faith in this God of Israel rather than the gods of her own country. 
And when we come to the whole subject of faith, we need to ask the question that our catechism so easily asks us is this question, is what is true faith? We're told that true faith is not only a certain knowledge whereby I hold for truth all that God has revealed to us in His Word, but also a hearty trust, which the Holy Ghost works in me by the Gospel, that not only to others, but to me also, the forgiveness of sins, the everlasting righteousness, and salvation are freely given by God, merely of grace, for only the sake of Christ's merits. You see, in the Catechism, one of the things that we have here stated is, is that you need to have a knowledge. You need to know something about what God has done. Rahab needs to have some knowledge about who the God of Israel is. Who is Yahweh? Who is the Lord? But it's not only that she needs to know something about it, but does she even believe it? You can know about Zeus and not believe that those stories are true. But she assented that the stories that she had was true and then she needs to trust in that knowledge. Has Rahab trusted? We learn from the text that she personally went to talk to the men before they had laid down, and that means laid down and gone to sleep. She wasn't hiding them just because this is some kind of a best practice. You know, if you have a business, you want to make sure that the people who come to you are not harassed. It's not just that. It's not something like that. And it wasn't that she wasn't going by some phrase, what happens in Jericho stays in Jericho to hide the immorality of her in. But perhaps she found the idolatry or the holotry that was going on, even if it was tied to the religion of the country. She wanted to give all that away and follow this Israel's God because she says, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites. She knew about the Red Sea crossing. Now you think about this. It was like 40 years later. The word must have got around. Perhaps it was from people who traveled. Perhaps there were some people that saw this Red Sea crossing and they traveled to Jericho and they stayed at her inn. She had knowledge of what happened, what she was told. And notice that she didn't just refer to just any God, but she used, as it says in our text, the Lord. And if you remember in the translation that we do in the Bible, if you see the word Lord in capitals, what that means is referring to Yahweh. That's the Hebrew term. And so she wasn't referring just to any God. She was referring to Yahweh, the one who basically said, this is my name forever. It's the name that God said to Moses, I am that I am, which is a verb. And when that I am is changed to a noun, it's Yahweh. You know, in English, sometimes we use the term Jehovah. 
which is is an attempt to translate that. Now we have the ja in there, but if you would use it in the original, it would be a ya sound. But we're so used to Jehovah that we continue to use it that way. God knows. You know, all the prophets use the name Yahweh except for two books, and that's Ezra and Ecclesiastes, and even Ecclesiastes that Solomon wrote, he used the term Yahweh in the rest of his books. So it was this God that she was referring to that had brought the people out. Now, young people, you may not remember the story of Moses and what happened. Well, God called Moses and He sent Moses into Egypt and He went to talk to the king of the camp. His name was Pharaoh. And God gave all kinds of plagues, all kinds of difficulties for that king. And finally, the last one that was given to him is that God killed every firstborn of every family of every animal so that the king would force and tell people to leave Egypt. But we're told before that happened they had a Passover and what that meant is that they killed this animal and they put the door the blood on the doorpost and they covered it up covered the, the, the mantle with blood so that when this angel of death came through they were passed over in other words they were not killed they did not lose family and, and relatives and animals and so Pharaoh told them to get out and then he changed his mind and he went after them and he sought to bring them back and God stopped them from being able to to uh, take the Israelites back by a pillar of fire and then he opened the Red Sea and they went through that Red Sea and the Egyptians sought to follow them through that Red Sea and they were baptized unto death so Rahab heard these stories from people who traveled Not only did she hear Yahweh drying up that Red Sea, but after Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years, they came to the land of Israel and two kings opposed them and they they were destroyed in all those families. And, And so Rahab heard these stories. But were they credible? Were they credible stories? Well, not only did she see them as true stories, but she assented that these, this knowledge about this God was true. It wasn't just some made-up God like Zeus or some other God, but it was a real God. She says that in this way. She says in verse 11, As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, and neither did there remain any courage in any other man. You see, Jericho, the people in Jericho, they had the first two elements of true faith. Not only did they know about Yahweh, not only did they see these things happen, but they believed that He was indeed the Israelites' God. And the question is, could they defeat that God In fact, the king of Jericho sent 
men to get the spies. They had knowledge of Yahweh. They ascended that knowledge was true. They agreed it was accurate. But there was a difference between the people of Jericho and and Rahab. What was the difference? Well, Rahab says this in verse 9, I know that the Lord has given you the land and the fear of all of you has fallen upon us and all the inhabitants will fall away before you. And she goes on in verse 11, And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. And here's her confession. For the Lord your God, Yahweh, He is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. She confesses that Yahweh is the Elohim. He is God. She had knowledge of the God of Israel. She knew of His wonders. She may not have known everything about what is revealed in the Bible, but she knew who this God was. And not only did she know it, but she put her faith in this God. She says, no, I'm not going to follow the gods of this land. We're not going to follow Baal. We're not going to follow Asherah. We're going to follow Yahweh. She made her stand with Israel. Even if her best work was tainted with sin, it showed her thankfulness. And then she asked the men to take an oath. And if we remember the Heidelberg Catechism, it says that oaths are permitted to maintain and promote fidelity and truth to the glory of God and our neighbor's good, for such an oath is grounded in God's Word. And it was rightly used in the Old Testament. In other words, she says, now swear to me that you're going to preserve me because of what I've done for you. And she basically tells them that, you know, that she wants all of her family preserved. And she comes up to them and talks to them and then she lets them down by a rope. Now this rope is described as being scarlet. It's a red type of rope. And this type of redness, what would happen is that they might harvest the, uh, the flax and make it into linen. And then they had these bugs that they found in this Mediterranean area, the female bugs. And the female bugs, that when you crushed them or when you basically got them with moist and stuff, they would produce a redness from them. And this red would basically spread and dye it. And so it was called scarlet. And so this scarlet rope, she let them down with. You know, sometimes if you're dyeing Easter eggs, you can take yellow onion skins and you can boil them and it'll turn into a red dye. And if you add vinegar with it, then you can dye the Easter eggs. But it was this red that was there. And what they told her is that you need to hang this in the window that you let us out from. You see, she lived in the wall of Jericho. And so she let them down through this rope probably after it was dark. And she told them to go up into the hills to hide there. Now that means that Jericho, when you come across there, you come across the valley and then you start going up and you stop and Jericho is halfway up the hill basically or halfway up the mountain and then if you go further up you can do it and so when these men were told to leave they were told to go opposite of the guys who were going after them to Jericho 
And yet she asked them, they tell her to put this red rope there. Now what happens to Rahab down the road that what we hear about in the Bible, she ends up becoming part of the whole nation of Israel. She was brought into that whole fellowship. In fact, we hear about that she's going to be preserving her father and her mother and her sisters and her brother, but she doesn't. there's no mention of a husband because she ends up marrying an Israelite and from that Israelite comes King David. But she asked for a sign. She asked for something to point to the oath that they had taken. A sign is something that doesn't point to itself, but it points to something else. And so she asked for a sign, and they take that red rope, and they say, hang it in there, and that will be your sign. Now, if it was me, I'd basically make sure that red rope was pretty well seen. You know, not just a little bit of the window, but have the whole thing covered. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they didn't cover the door too. But that red rope allows the spies to escape becomes that same rope that is a promise that is given. And when we think about that red rope, we're reminded of that Passover with the red being put on the, on the doorpost. And so that when the judgment of God came through this land, brought by the Israelites, the angel of death would pass over them just like it passed over the Israelites in Egypt. It was a sign and a seal in a way to her that her family would not be killed with the rest. You see, Rahab's house was kind of like the ark. If people were in the ark, then you were saved. But if you were outside the ark, you were killed. And so also, if you were inside Rahab's house, you were saved. And if you were outside, that you were killed. And the same thing stands for this, is that if you are in Christ, you are saved. But if you are outside of Christ, you will suffer damnation. And that is the reason why it is necessary not only to have faith about who Jesus Christ is, not only assent to who He is, but also that you need to believe that He has died for you. You see, true faith is like that word cat. K-A-T. Knowledge and assent and trust. Jesus says in Mark 16.16 that whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. You see, the Lord knows that we need something more than just merely us believing in His Word. And so He gives His Word to us in baptism in the Lord's Supper. So that it might assure us that we do belong to God when we understand and realize just how much of a sinner we are as we live through our life. We need that assurance. We need to be reminded that God indeed has covered our sins and has redeemed us through the blood of Christ. And so, baptism in the Lord's Supper points to the work of Christ. And when we're reminded of that scarlet rope, we're also reminded of that they stripped Jesus and they put upon Him a scarlet robe. You know, that red, that deep red. And they mocked Him. 
And they said, Hail the King of the Jews. You know, we want children to believe in Christ and that's the reason why we teach them the catechism. That's the reason why we have Kids Quest. It's a vital ministry and I'm so thankful for the people who spend time teaching Sunday school or, or teaching catechism. Why? Because we want our children to believe in Christ. We want to give you that knowledge. We want you to understand in a sense that it is true, but we want you to go even further. We pray that God would give you faith and we pray that you would assent to that knowledge. Rahab needed, as a member of the church, you know, she needed a sign and seal of the faith and we also have that through baptism, Lord, and also through the Lord's Supper that you would, would believe in Christ. Now the two men returned and they came down from the hill after the pursuers had come out and then they'd gone back and they went and they told Joshua everything that had happened to them. And then they confessed their faith also when they say, Truly the Lord has given us all the land into our hands and all the inhabitants of the land will melt away before us. And so we see that Rahab had true faith. She knew about Yahweh. She assented that knowledge was truth. And she believed in that knowledge. And she continued to strengthen her faith by becoming part of the people of God. You know, one of the things that we can believe in Christ, but why do we come to church? Why? Because so that we can hear and be reminded of the knowledge of what God has done. Why? Because we forget. And so we come to church again to be here again, to hear that story, to hear the, tell me that story again about Jesus and His love. We come to hear it again. Why? Because we need our faith strengthened. And that faith is strengthened through the knowledge of the Word of God as we assent to it and as we trust it and we try to put it in practice in our own life. You know, we all have a problem, you know, with CRS, can't remember stuff. And that's why we need to hear that Word and hear that Bible again. And we need to hear it more than just, you know, once in a while, but we need to hear it on a regular basis because on a regular basis is how we remember the greatness of our God and what He's done and how much it took to save every one of us. So let us be about reading that Bible, hearing the Bible taught, and coming in the fellowship of God's people and rejoicing in what God has done in our prayers and also in our singing. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Father, we were reminded of what You did as Your Son, who is Yahweh, who came into this world and died for us. Lord, we were reminded of that scarlet robe that was put upon Christ. In our blood that, in your blood that was shed, that perfect blood, so that we might call him our Lord. Lord, help us to have true faith in you as we seek to walk in your ways. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.